0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Welcome everyone. Join us online. Thank you for tuning in and everyone in the house, thank you for being here. Now you guys are going to see how much I shake up here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, my uh, message today is, uh, children of God, how we relate to the Father. I'll start out by reading some scripture here. This is in uh, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the, fle- the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then in the Amplified, it puts it... Uh, But to as many as did receive him and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God, that is, to those who adhere to, trust in, rely on his name, who were born, not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God, that is a, a divine and supernatural birth. They are born of God spiritually, transformed, renewed, and sanctified. I will go into some prayer. Father, we come before you and we just, uh, we thank you that we are able to be called children of God. That we, we have that supernatural birth through your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, we just, I, I just, uh, Ask that you use me to speak what you once spoke, and to be a blessing to these people, in Jesus' name, Amen. So the word children, uh, from the Greek, the word is teknon. The meaning is from the base tiktu, strengthened form of tekko, to produce from seed as a mother plant, or earth, to bear, be born, bring forth, be delivered, be in travail, painful or laborious effort, and uh, that, that's a, a child as produced, child, daughter, or son, and then the other definition is actually son, and that's, it's spelled H-U-I-O-S, but it's pronounced weos, And properly, a son by birth or adoption. Figuratively, it's anyone sharing the same nature as their father. And uh, a little bit on that is, I mean, my real father didn't raise me. I was raised by my stepfather. And in that, I met my real father a few years ago and, you know, reconciled that relationship with him. And even though he didn't raise me, I have... A lot of the same nature and We have a lot of the same common interests. We have in, I mean, we didn't grow up even in the same house. Or I didn't grow up in the same house as him. But we still share those common interests. And we have that naturally with the Father. He, he puts those common interests and in, he puts his nature inside of us naturally when we're born of man. So if you have re- received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you have become a child of God. Jesus did all the work to make it as easy as you saying yes. I receive you, Lord. I believe in you, Lord, and what you did for me. That is what qualifies you to be a child of God. It does not matter your race, background, or economic status. If you have not repented and made Jesus Lord, you are a creation of God, but not a child. I'm going to read that one again. If you have not repented and made Jesus Lord, you are a creation of God, but not a child. Until repentance happens, you are merely a creation. Anyone can become a child of God, but until you accept Jesus, you are not a child. It's Jesus who gives us the right to be children. So how do we know we're children? And we're going to be flipping through lots of scripture today. I exceeded my limit back there in the sound booth. So, so we're gonna go to uh, John three fourteen. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Jesus. Gives us the eternal life and makes us eternal children. And we're going to bounce from there to Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For if you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if, we, and if children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We've been set free from the bondage. Christ come and set us free with his, with his blood. And then we're going to hop to uh, Galatians 4. You guys can't keep up. It's on the screen. Hopefully. <laughs> Galatians 4.4. 4. Uh, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, Born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. I mean, I had to give you two, because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, there it is. So that's the confirmation, you know. We want to make sure we exegete the scripture and not just... Take one and make it what we want it. So, <laughs> so if we are led by the Spirit, we are children of God. God has adopted us as children. Most adoptions come with great cost to those adopting. The price paid for our adoption was Jesus' blood shed at Calvary. So, if then the blood of Jesus we have, so if then by the blood of Jesus we have become heirs with Him, we must suffer as He did. This can include being rejected and judged by our own people, being questioned about our actions, being ridiculed for our speech, or the ultimate suffering of being persecuted, beaten, or even killed for knowing we are born of God. And uh, the Holy Spirit dropped something on me when I was doing this study, and and I was just going along my day, and it says, he said, God is an investor, he invests in shares, We should also invest in shares, not stock market shares, and there's nothing against stock market people if you're in here, Uh, but we should be investing of shares of his gospel. Someone invested in sharing the gospel with you and someone else in them. If we are not investing time in sharing the gospel, we are not valuing the investment God put into us. We'll go to Romans 9. Verses 6 through 8. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, but for all who descended from Israel belong to Israel. Not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. And it's not the children of the flesh, but the children of the promise, the promise of the salvation through Jesus Christ. So now we hop over back to Galatians, over to Galatians. Verse 24, so then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we must be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many, as for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. We can add the other. So there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And it's, it's by faith that we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. Um, Mark was mentioning in his sermon on discipleship that we take off our identity of the flesh and put on the identity of Christ. The new identity is from the new belief. Once you believe in Christ and what he did for you, you have received that new identity. Um, so verse 28 I'm going to expound on a little bit where it says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female you are all one in Christ Jesus this is not a verse that supports gender fluid as some would twist it simply means that wherever whatever we were before Christ it no longer matters because once we have Come to know him, he becomes the only thing that matters. Warm up here. Matthew 5. Verse 9 it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And then later on down in the verse, or later on down in the chapter, it says, in 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes this, his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. I think we're we're seeing a example of that as we pray for the rain in this church and pray for the rain over Billings. It's not just coming to our church; it's affecting the city, it's affecting the people. You know, uh, the sons and daughters of God are those who make peace and pray for those who are against you. You are not to condemn those people, but to pray, pray for them, and walk in love toward them. This includes Democrats, alphabet people, communists, in-laws <laughs> Not that my in-laws practice evil, but if yours do, you should pray for them. <laughs> Any, anyone who practices what the Bible defines as evil. Praise the Lord. (laughs) We're going to go over to Hebrews now. Hebrews chapter 12. Starting in verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have, you, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. For it is discipline that you have to endure, to the father of spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time and it seemed best to them but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness for the moment all discipline seems painful but rather pleasant but rather than pleasant but it later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it gonna hop into Proverbs Chapter nineteen verse fifteen Slothfulness cast into Yeah Slothfulness cast into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. I read the right one. Yeah. Whoever keeps the commandment keeps his life, and whoever despises his ways will die. Then we're gonna hop to chapter 23, verse 13. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you are being disciplined, then you are a child. God is a good parent, and good parents discipline their children. You can ask mine. <laughs> uh, if you are being disciplined by the Lord and the Word, don't take offense to it or autom- automatically think it's an attack from the enemy. Take the correction as a blessing, knowing that you are loved. We know that all good things come down from the Father. So that would include the discipline that comes Keep reverence and respect for your heavenly Father knowing you are being pruned to yield good fruit. As scripture says in Matthew 17 or 7 17 through 20, we will be known by our fruits. And discipline is something that I endured a lot when I was a child, and as an earthly child. Um, I can say now that it definitely had a good effect on me. So, And in uh, Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Are we hearing what our are we hearing what our father is telling us or are we scoffing at it or scoffing at the rebuke? Sometimes we can hear something that is being said by the Lord and we're like, no, that doesn't apply to me. Whether it be up here, somebody speaking through somebody, somebody speaking a word to you. No, that's that's not for me. You know, you just throw it out because you don't agree with it, because you're being corrected. But if it's coming from the Lord, then we need to take that into consideration. Uh, we need not only to listen, but to hear the instruction. And there's a big difference between listening and hearing. I can listen to a lot of stuff, but just let it go in one ear and out the other, because I'm not hearing it. So if you're hearing it, you're taking it, and you're meditating on it, you're you're, you're stewing it up and seeing what's what's going on with what the instruction's trying to tell you rather than just, yep, okay. So then when we have heard that instruction, we need to put action to it. Change isn't change until it's change. A great quote from uh, Maximized Manhood there. So the, when I was growing up, I just, I had a very rebellious spirit in me, and, uh, anything that my dad would tell me, I I just kind of was like, yeah, you're old, you don't know what you're talking about, and I remember there's times where he told me, because I would be hanging out with older kids, he's like, don't be hanging out with older people, they just want you to do stuff for them, because they don't want to do it, and, uh. I was like, yeah, whatever, you don't know, you don't know what I'm doing, you don't know how it is out here, you know? You grew up as a hippie, leave me alone, you know? (laughs) So, but uh, as I got older, and I kept hanging out with those older kids, and they became adults, and I was still younger, that's what it became. Like, living, running around on the streets, the older homies, we'll have the younger people do something because it's less of a sentence for them. It's less of a discipline for them. They can get off with a smack on the hand, but if it was something that they were doing, they might end up a couple years in jail. You know, And, and you don't have a, as big of a record as the older homies, so guess what? Prove yourself. And uh, I didn't believe my dad until I saw it happening firsthand. And if I would have listened... Do the instruction rather than uh, scoffing at his rebuke. It would have saved me a whole lot of trouble, you know. And the the same thing is, uh, same thing applies. Everything in the natural is connected to the spirit. So the same thing applies with our relationship with God. If God's telling you something and you're just like, nah, nope, nope, I'm going to do this. He's trying to help you. He's trying to save you from something that you're going to get into that you don't want to be a part of. So, in the Old Testament, the terms sons of God and children of God were mainly used of heavenly beings or covenant people. Adam was directly descended from God. Israel was in covenant with God and was called a son of God. The angels were referred, referred to as sons of God in the New Testament with the belief and acceptance of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord we become born again this makes us direct descendants of the Father by faith and the Holy Spirit living within us that is not all because the blood of Jesus also brought us into covenant with God with the, and with the Father this means that we are both Born as adopted children and born of the blood. Making us children of God. Okay, I'm going to tell you a joke. Because I want you to like me before you don't. (laughs) So uh, there's this Mexican magician, right? And uh, he goes, okay, on the count of three, I'm going to disappear. Uno, dos. He disappeared without a trace. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) all right. (laughs) So... If we are children, what is our part? When we are born, we don't have responsibility. We must trust others to help us grow as infants and toddlers. Michael said in his sermon, when we are, when we are young, we have an innocence, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. When we are young, we have an innocence. We also have an ignorance. The word says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Later in the verse, it says, thou hast forgotten thy law of God. I will also forget the children. If we want God to remember us, we need to grow in knowledge of His law and His grace, because we're under the disposition of grace. So, but the law doesn't get thrown out in that. Through reading and studying the written word, as we grow, we are given responsibility to carry out certain tasks. Our parents are, our parents assign us sorry, we are given responsibility to carry out certain tasks our parents, our parents assign to us. And these tasks or responsibilities help us to mature. The same way we grow in the natural, we must grow in the spirit. We must grow spiritually to become spiritual, ma- sorry, to become mature spiritually. Our Father gives us responsibilities to carry out, and when we do them, it helps us to gain maturity not just naturally, but also spiritually. We know we have matured when we take responsibility for our actions. I was not mature when I started doing my own laundry, or tending to my own cuts and scrapes. I wasn't even mature when I had kids. I became mature by letting the Word change my thoughts, my actions, and my intentions. When I took responsibility for my part in the relationships I was a part of, this includes home, work, and church relationships, that is when I began to mature. I myself am not to a point of complete maturity, I am, however, getting better, and I am not where I was. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. verse 6 And without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that the re- and that he rewards those who seek him Without faith we cannot please God Therefore we must have faith as a foundation of everything that we seek from our Father Faith is what saved you and it is what God rewards. Matthew one. Going through this study was very fun. There's a, there's so much in here that you can dig into. I just gave you what the Holy Spirit was kind of speaking to me to bring to you guys. But if you dig this out yourself, you're gonna have so much fun finding out what the, how you're a child of God, what it what it means with the Father, you know? Um, and this was a cool one that the Holy Spirit brought to me, is uh, Matthew one, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ Took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her, is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. So this is where the Holy Spirit dumped this on me. We have the same spirit that conceived Jesus. When we accepted Jesus, that spirit came and conceived us in a new birth. The same spirit that raised him on the third day, and we must save people from their sins. We are here to reconcile people back to the Father. So share the gospel, the good news that the Savior was born 2,000 years ago and died on a cross to take away your sins, that you may be a child of your true Father that has loved you from the beginning, not from your beginning, but since the beginning of our of time, This is our responsibility as children. And we're going to go Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. So there's children that we relate to in the Old as well as the New. Deuteronomy 6. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. That should be right here, right in front of us. That word of God should always be in front of us. Whether we're working, whether we're at home, we should always be bringing that word up. In this verse, or sorry, in verse 4, is called the Shema, or the saying, A central teaching in Judaism that the Lord is one. This means we have one God. This is different than most other religions that serve many gods or goddesses. So we are to have no other gods or idols before the Lord. We love the Lord with... We should love the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. And as the New Testament says or sorry, as this one says, and all your might, and as the New Testament says, with all your mind. You control your mind, and you make sure that you're loving the Lord with all of it. You're not letting those thoughts or distractions come and take you off where the enemy wants you to be. And you shall keep all his commandments, because even though we're not under the law, Jesus gave us commandments to follow. So those are commandments of grace. So we need to follow those. We are to teach them to our children diligently. This means in a way that shows care and conscientiousness in one's work or duties. We should be talking about them everywhere. Everywhere we go and in everything we do. When we go to sleep and when we wake up, this is our responsibility. So we're going to bounce over to Psalm now. Sorry, I don't have very good segues. We're just going scripture. (laughs) And it was cool, too, doing this uh, study because I come to morning prayer with uh, Pastor Heidi. And it was kind of confirmation that I was flowing where the Holy Ghost wanted me to be because she read this psalm a couple weeks ago. And it's Psalm 103, and I'm starting in verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor does he... For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place is it knows no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. Our Father is merciful and gracious. We should not take that for granted. Grace is not our license to sin. Grace is not your license to sin. With our righteousness, through Jesus the father does not deal with us according to our wrongs done but to what jesus did right we should have a fear of god not as not in not as in a scared feeling that we can't approach him or that he's going to strike us a fear from a fear in, as in being far from him and not experiencing his love toward us we should fear the loss of that and uh It talks about in scripture how we should leave an inheritance for our children's children. And what better inheritance to leave than faith and righteousness? You know, because that can just be, you don't have to have riches and gold to pass on faith and righteousness. You just teach them up in the word. You teach them up in the ways of God. And uh, I've been going through this book, great book driven by eternity, by John Bevere. And it points out in Scripture that no one can be plucked from the hand of God, but his hand's not closed on you. His hand's open, so you can leave. So you need to be careful in your actions and what you're doing and not get drawn off by the enemy because he's not... He's not going to force you to stay. We still have that free will. I'm running out of time. (laughs) Okay. We're going to hop back over to Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 11. Even a child makes himself known by his acts, by whether his conduct is pure and upright. We will make ourselves known by our acts. If we are children of God, we need to keep pure acts. Let's go back uh, to Colossians now. Chapter 3. And if you haven't read this book yet, I would definitely check it out. It changes your whole perspective on what you're doing in your day-to-day, what you're, you know, are, are you really doing things for God or are you doing them for yourself? Colossians chapter 3, verse... 20 Children obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. And then also in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 and 1 through 3 Children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother for this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. We must we must obey the Father and honor the Father, as well as our earthly parents, because it pleases the Lord. If we want it to go well with us, and we want to have long life, we must obey the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I know this place is getting worse, but I definitely want to have as much time as I can to go out there and share the gospel to get as many people into heaven as I can. And if it if I'm following the Lord, it's going to go good with me whether I'm under persecution. You know, we find that contentment in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. If you're following the Lord, if you're obeying and honoring the Lord, then he's going to do the same for you. I don't know. We'll try and get through this one. John three thirty six. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see, the, see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. We must obey the Lord. If we are not obeying, we are not living up to the life he has planned for us. If we are not obeying the Lord it has an effect on those around us. In the book of Joshua, Achan hid the gold in his tent, and Israel lost the battle at Ai. In 2 Samuel, King David counted the people for battle, disobeying what the Lord had commanded, and 70,000 people died. Just from his disobedience. Another account that shows the effect of disobedience is Jonah. God told him to go to Nineveh, and he went his own way and tried to turn and run from God. Jonah's diso- disobedience not only sorry, Jonah's disobedience had not only an effect on him, but also those on the boat he went with. Even though Jonah was disobeying God, the Lord still showed him grace. He will do the same for us. When Jonah was thrown overboard, he would have drowned. He was in the middle of the sea. There's no way he would have made it to shore. He would have ran out, of, ran out of steam and just sunk. If Jonah, sorry, God sent the fish to save him. If Jonah wouldn't have obeyed the Lord, the people of Nineveh could have been destroyed. We must repent of our disobedience and follow what the Lord has told us first. We got enough time, we can jump into Jonah too. So, uh, this is Jonah's prayer. Do we have time? 44. Go for it. All right. <laughs> then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the be- belly of Sheol I cried, and you have heard my voice, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All of your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land, whose bars closed up on me forever. Yet you brought me. My life from the pit. O Lord God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came into your holy temple. Those who paid regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but with the voice of thanksgiving I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. The salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish. And it vomited Jonah up on the dry land. So Jonah was sitting there and I don't know why it took him three days. But he finally was like, wait, I just need to repent of what I'm doing. I need to get here in prayer. And I know uh, a lot of the word of faith is credited to Brother Hagen and Copeland and all these other people, but... I think Jonah was the, you hear his prayer, there's Psalms in there, there's Proverbs in there, there's all kinds of scripture. He's praying scripture. I think he's one of the first word of faith guys. So if you don't believe in the word of faith, then I don't know. It's it's right here in scripture. <laughs> so, all right, I think that's all. I I might do some reviewing next week, but uh, I still got a lot to go. All right, we'll end with some prayer. Father, we just thank you for this word. We We pray that it's a blessing to these people. We pray that we're we're not being condemned on what we're not doing, but being um, being convicted and being uh, encouraged to, to do the things that we need to correct, Lord. That these rebukes are not scoffed on, that they are taken into consideration and corrected, Lord. And we thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love toward us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.